Are you itching for a good story? Laughter among friends, maybe even a mystery or two? Well, you're in luck. Fire Breathing Kittens is a standalone Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Each episode is a separate three-hour-long story, like a movie for your ears, so you can listen to these adventures in any order you like. So, join us on a real play D&D quest as we solve mysteries, attempt comedic banter, and enjoy friendship. Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. Fantasy, action, mystery, friendship. Five, four, three. Okay. Hello. Welcome to What We Bench. This is Raph. And this is Mike. We're talking about the Fear Street Trilogy, part one, two, and three, now available on Netflix. Uh, what do you think about the trilogy, Mike? Um, I mean, like, I think it's kind of like, uh, I like that Netflix is uh, playing around with format because... The only other show I can think of, there's probably a bunch of others, but the only show I can think of that had like a different movie, like basically that played out like a television series, but every episode mm-hmm. was actually its own movie is like Sherlock. Yeah. But it's um, kind of like that. Yeah. And I, I like the fact that Netflix is playing around with format where it's not like we're going to copy what theaters do or what, what theatrical movies do and release one movie one year hype up hype up the next movie and the next movie the next year and hype up hype up the next movie and then like a third movie kind of like what lord of the rings was yeah i like that um it's kind of it's kind of this weird middle point between a television series like a mini series and uh feature films and so far it's like i like it but you can clearly tell that this is like a take on, you know, like teen slasher movies. It's a take yeah, on like a lot of like a, take on a bunch movies. of different stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of influences in here. Like, you know, I guess like the Hall- Halloween movies, Friday the Thirteenth. You get like your your Jasons and your Michael Myers impersonators in there. Yeah, uh, but I guess like in the like, first one, yeah. probably Scream. I think Scream is the one that that I think the with the Halloween costume killer and that that was like a you know with the dark robe and the mask and whatever so it was really like uh well since like part one is in 1994 i guess like they were going for that 90s slasher uh the big one in the 90s or the biggest or late 90s or maybe 2000s was like scream right yeah and this feels a lot like scream in that it's clearly like I, i wouldn't say a parody but it's clearly like a like a version like like how we were saying a take and all of that it's clearly like yeah, yeah. trying to riff on slasher films while being a slasher film kind of reminds me of what like blumhouse has been trying to do lately with like freaky and um what is it uh the one happy death day happy death day yeah. where it's almost that, like a self-satirizing cool. kind of yeah. thing <laughs> only the difference is i kind the my favorite part about these movies is that there's a constant string throughout it that's like yeah that kind of hooks you that keeps it from being like too all over the place or keeps it from it it keeps it from like basically going too off the rails is that there's this constant sort of you know line there's this constant history that they're always coming back to to like tie all of the movies together yeah it's all connected i mean um 
after seeing part three, I saw the beginning of part one again, just to see how, you know, connected it all was. And, and uh, I mean, there, there's always like the, the main sign for each killer becoming a killer is to have like some fly fly around them. Yeah. And like, I don't you know, land on their forehead or something like any time you see flies, you're like, Oh, some shit is going down. And yeah. uh, it, it's always like, and then I didn't realize there was a fly there at the beginning of yeah. part one until I saw it again after the whole, you know, when the whole mystery uh, was revealed by the end of part three. And then I was like, Oh shit, the flies there. Oh man. Like oh, continuity. Amazing. Yeah. Apparently and, part uh, three is supposed yeah. to be like the best one, but um... <laughs> I, I, uh, you didn't see it. You did not see it. I'm you did not see it. I didn't see part three yet. It's, <laughs> this takes effort. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> this, this, uh, is yeah. what I, this is what I miss a little bit about, like, even though I, I like it and stuff, it is kind of like what I miss a little bit about, like, how movies used to be released, how it's kind of like you, you, you save up all your time and money and then there's one two-hour installment. You save up all your time and money in another installment. That That's part of what I miss about it, but at the same time, I like the playing around with the format i don't know audience yeah. you make of it what you will but uh i didn't get around to part three <laughs> yeah <yet. laughs> well it's it's like the whole all three movies just feel like a huge mashup of every single horror movie that ever came out uh you know the last like 40 to 50 years yeah uh, or like most of the mainstream ones or and, and even some more recent ones like i guess the the witch or vich or whatever like with two the vich the vich and the vich and the village and uh you know they they uh i mean part three really goes into that i also had some kind of like the village vibes you know the um m night Shyamalan movie yeah uh, i mean like how did the third uh, yeah. one feel as a movie because the first one was clearly like a take on 90s slash flicks the 70s one was almost a take on like, like jaws and friday the 13th yeah but it was kind of like texas chainsaw massacre in there <laughs> yeah but like <laughs> i would bit, say except it, like with a with a with an axe yeah <laughs> not a chainsaw but uh yeah but like the, the third one whatever yeah but the third one i'm like guessing that it's probably the best one uh, and this is from somebody that didn't yeah. see it but knowing the patterns of the first two it would have to be a take on like the more culty, like the more culty, like horror movies or the horror movies that are about yeah. like supernatural stuff and like Salem, Oregon and that kind of not Salem, Oregon, stupid Salem, Massachusetts and all. Yeah. <laughs> Salem, Oregon, you know, <laughs> before the hipsters, no. uh, the hipsters uh, no, but uh, <laughs> uh, the, I mean, and like the two and three are my favorites. Right. Uh, I didn't like part one. I really did not connect with Dina, uh, who is by, you know, for all intents and purposes, like the main character. Yeah. Uh, and I think the first 20 minutes of the movie just make you hate her. Yeah. Uh, because she's like she's not nice to her brother she's like a kind of stalkery type ex or very yeah. not stalkery but i would say like a very jealous ex yeah uh, and you're like hey you know like and i can't even remember if dina broke up with sam or if sam broke up with dina yeah. but i think see if sam was gonna move and then dina was like oh well i'm gonna lighten the blow and just like break up now and then yeah. she's the one who's all you know upset about it yeah uh but you know, I mean, that's kind of like they, the, they the don't they, they didn't do her any favors. And it, it was sort of like, a well, what do you call like, uh, I think to tie this to Star Wars, as I usually do, uh, <laughs> you know, I think 
you know, I, I kind of makes me think of Ahsoka Tano when mm-hmm. they introduced that character. A lot of people didn't like her because she was like, you know, snippy and, you know, and, and she didn't listen to Anakin. It's like, oh, she should listen to him, uh, yeah. you know, whatever. But then she kind of grew and became her own character. And I feel like it's kind of similar what they did here because like the first movie, I didn't like Dina, but then I liked her more in part three because she actually seemed like she knew what she, the hell she was doing yeah. and actually had some, uh, let's say more grown up, uh, a more grown up way of, of uh, uh, approaching the, the problems that she has. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like that, that was what they were going for. But yeah, I, now that I look at part one, I don't dislike her as much as I did the first viewing because like, I know where she, where she's going. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, at first, like they did not make her a likable character at first. Yeah, that, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like that. It's kind of become like a trope in horror movies. And um, yeah, I mean, like, like it did, I know they've done it before, but it's like become more noticeable in like the 2010s horror movies where the protagonist is supposed to be like either clearly unlikable or clearly has flaws or clearly mm-hmm. like the Evil Dead remake, which I hope they do continue off of somehow or somehow intertwine that with the original like Evil Dead movies where um, Jane Levy's character was like, she was in the middle of the woods because uh, she was basically in rehab. Like her friends are, were basically like doing an intervention on her and she was yeah. like snippy with everybody. Uh, I, I just, uh, I'm almost done with playing um, Until Dawn. And that's mm-hmm. the video game that came out like a few years ago with like Rami Malek and Hayden Panettiere. And the one girl that makes it throughout the entire game is like the one most poorly written like irritating character <laughs> in the whole like, like 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 what happened to these characters they're off 69ing in a corner probably and she says stuff like that the entire game and it's like she's the only well, one she had, that she had foresight she had foresight she knew what was coming you know yeah so to say uh... then... <laughs> you know and then yeah. and then there was um yeah. cabin in the woods where it's like the girl that like was chosen to be the virgin and got like the the ritual or like the the trope of the virgin was actually somebody that was like banging her professor for like a better grade or something so it's become like a thing and by the way this reminds me of cabin in the woods in that like there's a deeper more supernatural mythology involved in fear street than you would expect and that's why I need to see 1666 because I, I want to see what all of this is. Well, it, it, it divulges the the secret from uh, 1666. And the truth is not as as you may, may expect. Uh, yeah. You know, but but uh, what was I, I was going to say, uh, I don't know if, if you agree with me, but I feel like all of the victims or the people who are usually in horror movies, you'll have like stupid people get killed. Yeah. You know, like I imagine, you know, Austin Powers isn't a horror movie, but every single person who gets killed in a horror movie in the 90s is like that guy who's about to get steamrolled, but is like yeah. 100 feet away going like, <laughs> no, like you can see it coming. Yeah. Like essentially, like that's what every single victim in those movies are like. But in, in these movies, I feel like uh, they like they're defending themselves or like they, they got killed because they, they were at the wrong time, wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. They couldn't have foreseen it. Uh, it wasn't like they were running around and yeah. then 
<laughs> and then like, oh, they're there. And then, you know, like they, they could have done something else, which is my issue with most horror movies I've seen is like, I always have an issue with like, why did they think that was a good idea? Yeah. You know, like going into that place and then they were definitely going to get killed there or yeah. going to the chainsaw, you know, I, I think wasn't that, it wasn't in Cabin in the Woods, but like they, they there was like a spoof horror movie where, or I think it was an ad where you have these guys hiding from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre guy, but in the chainsaw. Oh, that was the Geico, the Geico commercial. <laughs> the Geico commercial. Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's so true because like half of half of the actor half of the characters that you've seen in horror movies it's always like that it's like oh well i'll hide next to this saw and uh you know i'll hide next to this combustible material and yeah. uh, <laughs> or something <laughs> like that but here it actually feels like they're off they're trying to get the killer or get the killers or get the you know zombie whatever guys mm-hmm. like you know whenever they get killed it's like they're trying to you know incapacitate the others it's not like they're they ran and went to the wrong place it's always like you know some of them went to a definitely wrong place but uh you know there were, <laughs> for example the bread slicing shop but um, uh it, it's it's just like that, i didn't that expect is the it to part go there. all three movies yeah i i saw it on youtube i saw you know that i didn't see the actual scene but i saw would this actually happen fear street and then they had a dummy and then they pass the dummy through like or they try to pass the dummy through a, bl- a bread slicer yeah and, and uh, i was like oh no does this actually happen in the movie oh my god and then it does and that's and, that's what hooked and, you no thing is i was like i knew that since it all three parts were in the top 10 like i thought this has to be something that yeah must be has it has to have something for for it to be in the top 10 yeah for that long in all three movies because yeah. you could have like a good first one or a good second one and then the rest sucks but i mean there, there's i do feel like the third one is the best not because it explains everything although i think that is part of it but uh i feel like uh it, it makes more it's it sort of like it really puts the characters in the driver's seat you know like the people from shady side yeah. that also comes into play like shady side versus sunny side like you you know why there's a shady side versus sunny side or sunny veil or whatever it's called yeah uh, <laughs> uh, you kind of you kind of know why one part is shady and the other yeah is, is that sunny. like a main but maybe part of the, sunny the book might have been more shady because like i read that like this entire trilogy is supposed to be more inspired by the tone of the mm-hmm. books rather than being like directly inspired by anything so is the sunny side versus Sunnyvale thing is that even like i don't know is that even a thing i don't know <laughs> well i don't know but i mean it's a thing the first it's like it's more of like a you know college or i guess high school rivalry in the first movie and then right. in part three you kind of realize that it was all one town at one point yeah and then something happens that kind of makes one part the sunny side and the other part the shady side yeah and uh but then i mean they really hammer that home in, in the summer camp movie like part two where it's like yeah like we're on the same summer camp but shady side sucks and sunny side is the best and whatever yeah and and the uh, thing is I, you know there were parts that i fast forwarded through because i was like some parts are very predictable in this movie and i knew what i knew what was going to happen and i knew this and that but then like the ending i did guess the ending maybe halfway through the movie yeah. i mean halfway through part three but I still liked the, the, it was still, I couldn't have guessed it if I hadn't seen part three. Yeah. Like if I hadn't seen the first half of part three, I wouldn't have guessed it. 
Yeah. And uh, so like, I like how you're really kept in the dark until part three. And then that's when you actually, oh shit, this is what's going down. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you know, so it's a real mix of a bunch of influences from, I'd say like the exorcist, the omen, Carrie, even uh, in mm. one particular scene uh, in part three. I mean, you know, I liked, I think I liked part two so much because they had the same playlist as, as or many of the same songs as Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I mean, I kind of liked the characters more in part two. Like part one was like, oh, what's going on? Uh, yeah. I threw, I threw a cooler on your car or whatever it was. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> did they have aim in 1994? Cause that's what he was on. Right. That the, the brother, uh, like he was on aim with Queen yeah. killer. Whatever. I don't know. I don't, Personally, I don't think it existed in 1994, uh, okay. <laughs> but maybe that's, that's, I was three. So, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't, uh, you know, chat with people on AIM, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I did have a, I, I did have an AOL account when I was like five or six or something, but, uh, you know, a long time ago, I never used it. I don't know. I used to, no one used emailed to, me. No one wants to email five-year-olds. No. Uh, we used to get all these CD-ROMs in the mail that was like, try American Online now. I don't think we used any of that. We could probably sell those to a museum now, wherever they are. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's always like, that was the, the music, the sounds of, of our childhood. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the beauty. So all right, beauty. So here's the thing about the Fear Street movies. is It's not exactly... It's not exactly yeah, high art. It's like, it's clearly yeah. like you can get engaged, but it's also like kind of a background movie. Like you can watch it in your periphery while doing work yeah, and you kind of definitely. know what's going definitely. on still. But yeah, like 2020 kind of like made me really like think about it because like a lot of my media habits changed my life. And I started wondering like, is it necessarily bad to be called a background movie? Like that used to be kind of like an insult for movies. Like you're an airplane movie, you're a background movie. It's like, you're not fully engaged, but you know, once everyone's habits starts, you know, changing and what people consider art and what people consider something worth being engaged with, it's like, you know, is it necessarily a bad thing to like kind of just- I don't know. Be there for sound? I don't know. I'm sure the filmmakers will probably be pissed off at that idea, but- (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's like yeah i mean it doesn't i don't feel like that detracts from the movie i think there's some there's some tv shows and movies where you don't always need to be attentive to everything yeah i feel like this movie is is except for part three i would say yeah uh but part one and two are pretty predictable and you know oh well who died oh well i i knew that guy was gonna die yeah and, oh this person didn't oh okay that's his head somewhere yeah. and uh but i mean i think i had to be way more attentive during part three than any of the other two movies uh, okay. uh so that means part three really <laughs> is the best one then like the first one yeah. what hooked me was like i had no plans of watching the second one but what hooked me was the supermarket scene like not even just the bread slicer yeah, part I think but the when mall, like the guy got like, like the first mall. stabbed in the head yeah, yeah. it was like yeah. i would just do my work and then i would hear bah! and i'm like whoa and then yeah that's it's like it's, it's like what passive 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 and then hook it's like the quentin tarantino method of like hey we're talking 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 oh my god something happens <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. And it's like hey let's go out okay yeah i'll tidy yeah. the store 
Yeah. And then you get, and then you get this freaky guy with the mask. Like, oh, it was the same guy. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and they get shot by the police. Yeah. I was like, how did the police know to get there? Or am I, or am I spoiling? I, I, uh, uh, you control the police. Rick and Morty. It's all back. <laughs> it's all, it's all Nimbus. Uh, it's Nimbus's fault. It's all Mr. Nimbus's fault. <laughs> 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 like you just you know like the, there's that underground uh all those underground tunnels in part two like yeah. it's just like mr nimbus his his secret entrance into uh onto like earth you know like the dry earth yeah. and it's like i am mr nimbus and I, <laughs> give me your blood and uh <laughs> it should make like um namor or whatever like if he is coming out in yeah. black panther 2 they should, they should make him Nimbusy. I don't know. That would be yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. They can I, just come out like, <laughs> I'm the king like, now, yay! And he just pops out of the water. I'm the king now. <laughs> I am the king now, and I control the police. And it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, I control the Dora Milaje with my moves. <laughs> and he goes like, mm, oh, mm, mm, yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that would Dora happen Milaje, if the... I can't control my movements. Stop Namor. And then like Dormelage is like, no. That that would be something that would exist <laughs> if the epic movie guys were still making movies. The vampires suck. <laughs> like yeah. epic movie guys. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I like how they explored all these different types of genres of horror in these movies. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think for, I mean... I think you can hold that against them in terms that maybe they didn't make anything new, but they sort of made something new out of this whole mashup. And and I mean, nothing is really new. Everything's a remix. Guys, yeah. come on. No, that's like the biggest accomplishment, I think, of this trilogy is that it played, is that at the end of the day, it played with format. And after mm-hmm. watching at least the first two, it's like, I'm thinking of a bunch of franchises that would benefit from doing something like this rather than either being a traditional tv show or miniseries or a traditional you know theatrical movie something that's like a three-part like full-on movie that still like ties together very smoothly like avatar i think would do you know what would actually goosebumps rl stein's other series that's bigger than fear street I think it would have benefited from something like this rather than like mm-hmm. putting a totally family friendly movie out in theaters or two. Cause like, go- yeah. I, I, that's the, and I know I wasn't in the target mm-hmm. audience, but I feel like yeah. the, the first goosebumps with Jack Black, that's kind of where they went wrong is that it needs to be kind of scary. You know, you know, you know well, who you I know, think is doing uh, like, are you afraid Jack of the Black dark? is a wizard? yeah black jack is a wizard uh, jack black is a wizard but like he he can't even his magic can fix all every movie uh, but, yeah. but it's like <laughs> i called him black jack <laughs> sorry go ahead is that even his real name i feel like it's a take on black jack or is his yes. name like jack like smitherson yeah uh just like you know the girl who gets killed at the beginning of part one yeah uh She's in Stranger Things. And, the part one? Uh, yeah, yeah. Not the you part, know the first not... one gets killed? You know, the oh, yeah. Girl, oh, yeah. Ethan store, Hawke's daughter. Yeah. The Ethan Hawke's daughter. Uma Thurman's daughter as well. Like, she's in uh, Stranger Things. What was it, like season four? Season three? What was it? Season yeah. three? 
Yeah, she no, was supposed to be uh, like the cameo yeah. that like got killed early, basically. Right, right. So like, like I Drew saw Barry her movie. at yeah. the beginning and I was like, fuck, did I just click on Stranger Things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously thought, oh, fuck, like this is a new Stranger Things. And no, no it's the it, 90s, bitch. Yeah, but and if you then, think about it, like <laughs> thematically, it's killed. it kind yeah. of is like Stranger that Things. Sense. Like, um, that makes sense. Because even in the second one, the girl that played Ziggy, was also the she was from the latest season of stranger things and even though another stranger things hasn't come out for a while i think that show kind of set the tone for what other especially like teen shows would feel like on netflix or what kind of content it would because because it almost feels thematically like it could be in the same universe like there's a similar Mm -hmm. tone and a similar like there's a netflix vibe now you know, yeah, <laughs> and I think that's why Netflix is still on top is because even though all these streaming services have like arguably, you know, like more, you know, iconic movies and TV shows and well-known stuff, Netflix is winning by basically almost creating its own like curated vibe. That's like well, when you watch you know, it, you know it's a Netflix yeah. show. You know it's a Netflix. You know, movie. you know when you're craving McDonald's or, or White Castle. You know you can't get it anywhere. Yeah, else. it's like, you know. Yeah, they're basically McDonald's. They, they have a White. Ca- they are the White Castle of streaming services. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of White Castle, and I, and I can say this because uh, I am I'm AAPI. Um, it's still very weird for me to open up Amazon and the mm-hmm. celebrate Asian voices. Then the first movie is Harold and Kumar. Like it's some like Academy Award <laughs> that, winning. Was that like, the first movie? That, yeah, that's okay. the first movie that pops up when it's like celebrate the accomplishments of Asian Americans. And the first thing that comes up is Harold and Kumar. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like we're not going to do some it's kind like, of sun, I, I sun th- dance? I thought we did better than this. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to put some Sundance leaf movie? You know, on, some... Uh, some more, you know, <laughs> no, like the Asian perspective through the lens of a Leica or something. None of that is like the first one we're going to put up is like celebrating the art. And it's like Tokyo Drift and Harold and Kumar. And I'm like, oh, well, isn't Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, the White Castle of movies? Yes, <laughs> yes it is. <laughs> Along with Cheech and it's Chong, just, also on it's Amazon. Always, it's always there. It's always there. You know, it's it welcomes you in its warm embrace. Yeah. And meaty goodness uh yeah <laughs> whatever meat that is uh, whatever meat they use in there but <laughs> it's like spam you don't know what's in there uh, <laughs> it's i wonder if you don't know yeah it's delicious, it's like you a, don't know <laughs> yeah it's just uh, some of these patties might as well be spam i don't know <laughs> you should just sell spam burgers white castle spam burgers I, I feel like that would actually like sell out yeah just for the novelty of what white castle is in people's minds yeah yeah i mean and once you get a harold and kumar that's a bit more you know classy that would be like you know spam sushi or something <laughs> spam she <laughs> spam she you know something a bit more classy a bit classier you know? yeah anyway i went off on that rant for a second <laughs> <laughs> whatever i didn't mean anything i said you know i'm just riffing off of whatever yeah. i'm a comedian well, well not really whatever. i don't know they're going off on that though also made me think of um cheech and chong just because like um in terms of like that genre or like stoner movies i don't think anything ever beat up in smoke yet like up in smoke is such a multi-movie where you can just watch it like you can watch it intently or you can watch it in the background i love i love multi 
multi-level movies, I guess. Just like Fear Street, which is the subject that we're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, man. So according to IMDb, uh, part two has the highest rating with a 6.8. Yeah. Uh, Part three has a 6.7 out of 10. And uh, apparently IMDb agrees with me. And uh, part one is the worst at a 6.2. Yeah. So... uh, in part I mean, one is purely like the lead. It's the worst of those three movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like they're they're clearly like yeah. the the prologue to like all the fear shoot stuff. It's like without that like those like ending hooks of like if you don't watch the next one, you have no idea what just happened. It's like it's mm-hmm. the ending that gets you basically, and then it'll probably yeah. make you rewatch. Yeah. Like yeah. Well, yeah, it's the ending where you're like, hey, everything's good, but like you know that. You know, that witch is doing her thing every 10 years or, or so. Yeah. So, like, you know, that some shit is going to is, is, is gonna go, go down. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's not the end. And then uh, Sam goes, like, full, like, exorcist and goes, like, I'm going to kill you, Dina. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then that's the beginning of part two. I like how they, I think oh, none of the actors that, I, that are actors that I know uh, except for uh, Gillian Jacobs, uh, she's the only one that that I, I and um, Ethan Hawke's daughter. I think those are the only two actors that, that I that I knew or had seen previously. Yeah. I haven't seen any other ones. I think uh, the woman who plays Dina, who's actually twenty five or something, but yeah. all of these none of these actors are actually like their their own like. Their character's age. Yeah, the, uh, being usual. very accurate but, <laughs> to how horror movies. It, it's were a made. kissing booth. It's a kissing booth part. You know, you know, bonus uh, episodes, yeah. horror style. <laughs> I don't know. I I was thinking about this actually. I feel like why didn't they do the kissing booth part one, two, and three all in a row like they did Fear Street? That way we don't have to wait in agony until part three uh, right. for us to talk about it on the podcast. I don't know, but for <laughs> some reason the kissing booth like worked. I don't know. There was actually a lot of anticipation for this third one, even though like the first two were it's not exactly okay. the kind of movie yeah. you would yeah. stay on the edge of your seat and wait for but yeah there's excitement yeah. for kissing booth three now like it, I mean, it's timing yeah. netflix the, like the netflix hype and stuff is like i don't know how planned it is but a lot of it is just timing like tiger king do you think if it like in any other year other than 2020 do you think tiger king would have hit as hard as it did I don't think so. It, it's exactly. all it's all the algorithm. It's LG rhythm. He's behind LG everything. Oh <laughs> it's, behind all Cheeto's fault. <laughs> it's all Don Cheeto's fault. It's all Don fault. He's in the Warner Brothers servers, uh, which is strange because like he's also working for Netflix. I don't know. He's branching out. He's a freelancer. And he's, he's also a, the one guy nominated for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> oh. you, you heard of that, right? He got nominated for a really? outstanding guest actor. But he was only in it for like 90 seconds. So even he went to Twitter. Dude, and was like, I can't even remember sure. what he did in that TV show. Exactly. <laughs> I can't even like, remember. Yeah, he came in as like a cameo <laughs> and he got nominated oh, for a cameo. Did, doesn't he do, doesn't he give uh, Falcon a pep talk or something? Yeah, that was it. It was like, or it's like, uh, you know, we have to pick up the, the, the shield or yeah. something like that. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah. I can't remember what he says, <laughs> but it was for, so, sort of something like that. Got to pick up the shield. Before it, you know, picks up the shield. Know, <laughs> the shield. Before it picks up itself, you you never know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Thing is, if you haven't seen Fear Street, the Fear Street trilogy, mm-hmm. uh, if you didn't like the first one, just watch the second one. And if you didn't like that one, the third one, 
to, to my mind, explains everything is actually better and actually, you know, uh, is, is a bit more fun. Is a bit more fun. Yeah. Because I, I feel like the first two are very much, I, I respect how they go dark and that how they kill characters that you've grown to, to appreciate or grown to like or love or whatever. Yeah. And just like kill them off like Game of Thrones style. And, uh, in even more, I would say equally graphic, uh, ways, uh, than in Game of Thrones. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, the whole part where the, I don't know, part two, the ending of part two was like really got me, uh, yeah. uh when they're, when they're in the field, the two sisters Yeah, and they just like keep on going, man. <laughs> it's yeah. like, they're just there, <laughs> you know, axe and, and ice pick, uh, yeah. you know, just going yeah if it felt like it felt like uh how they you know how the zombies kill people in the kingdom uh mm -hmm. tv show or yeah. you know train to busan like that kind of brutality that like they have no feelings they just like keep on going and eating or or killing or whatever it's like yeah. they have no you know they're they're controlled by by uh, the, this curse or whatever so yeah. so it's it's they they it's not like hmm, i you know it's, it's not like a serial killer who's like oh I, i want to kill people like it's this guy it's a zombie essentially with an axe yeah and, and uh that doesn't eat brains but just like kills yeah and just keeps on swinging yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> i know it's so brutal it's so brutal it's just crazy Yeah, but it's already like right. It's all, yeah. Well, the thing is, I think, um, especially I would say like Game of Thrones and Walking Dead. Like I know Walking Dead was like the biggest like show in the country for a long time, but like the yeah. fact that Game of Thrones was like clearly in the ratings, the top show in the country, and it was in yeah. HBO, like a premium network show that you had to pay extra for at the same time. It, it I think it challenged every network or every producer to kind of like up the ante a little bit on like graphic content because Definitely. the tone of fear street like you normally wouldn't see the tone of something like fear street with like also the graphicness of what fear street was at the same time like normally like in past years you wouldn't see that like if something felt like a teen movie or like light then they would like keep it light and then if it was heavier they would try to keep it heavier but I mean, and then you had like a few exceptions, I guess, here and there. Actually, I don't know now. Now I'm thinking back because like I just watched um, Nightmare on Elm Street, The Night Warriors or whatever, part four. And they were kind of like light and campy and gory at the same time. But I, I still really think that Game of Thrones and Walking Dead basically made it more acceptable for something to be like for teens or for kids. And... Mm -hmm still go like all out when it comes to like gory content and stuff like this is like a new age of like grindhouse style films and it's yeah i i think everybody. i mean in terms of netflix horror i think this follows the you know the the babysitter movies this kind of falls in the same <laughs> kind of vein of of uh except i think the babysitter movies really went into the oh sexy people who want to sacrifice uh a virgin to, to the devil or something you know they they really went more into a more campy uh direction than fear street i think fear street does take itself seriously uh yeah. which you can't really say about the babysitter uh <laughs> but uh Uh, but then, I mean, there, there are some moments of levity and, and, uh, I mean, in part three, you know, mm -hmm. you're in this old town and they all have Irish accents for some reason. 
Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think some are trying to do Cornish accents, you know, from Cornwall. Yeah. Uh, which is, it's kind of like a pirate accent. If imagine a pirate accent, that's more like a, a Cornish accent. Yeah. Uh, but some of them just end up with Irish accents. Uh, <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, oh, I'm Seraphir. Yes. Let's go in over there. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's great. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Oh no! Look at the, the, the pastor did all this, this stuff, and, you know. Land. Hey, <laughs> and uh, but I, I feel like there there were a lot of jaw dropping moments in part three. That um, I think that there are some jaw dropping moments throughout the trilogy. But I felt like th- there's this one moment in part three in the old village where, like, holy crap, what just happened? Yeah, and, and uh, has to do with the pastor, which you'll probably see. <laughs> oh there's a pastor now okay Imagine great. pastor 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 something yeah might be pastor mike i don't know pastor or something but uh, <laughs> yeah he's the uh he's the first of the uh of the damned who goes crazy <laughs> and, and does stuff uh yeah. but uh yeah armed with a hook or... by hook or by crook i'll kill y'all or something you know it's <laughs> like that doesn't say that but yeah. <laughs> that would be a good that would be a good battle cry for for a pastor killer from 1666 yeah uh, <laughs> but writers call me uh but yeah it, it's it's uh, please please i have nothing else uh <laughs> only this podcast uh but uh it, it's um i mean i enjoyed it there, there are some parts that are, again felt very predictable uh the twist in part three yes twist uh did so i i kind of thought that was the case but only like 10 minutes before they they revealed it so i i like the fact that you know they i actually was surprised at some point um Um, okay well even though i haven't seen the third one go ahead spoil it spoilers spoiler alert go for it stop listening no keep listening no whatever spoilers (laughs) so uh sarafir is not the bad guy Actually, the person who the street is named after the witch not. and actually it's written fear like f-e-i-r or f-i-e-r like there's oh, yeah, no a yeah. it's like uh, sarah here and she has an an irish accent or a cordish one i don't know she, she's trying to they're, they're all trying to do some some weird accents so actually it's uh, a guy called uh something good i can't remember what his first name was but he is the ancestor of sheriff good uh, oh. And uh, he he seems like a really nice guy. He he likes Sarafir, they're friends, uh, you know. Uh, and uh, actually, he lost his wife and kid or something uh, because he 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 had settled a part of the land that no one else thought was good. Uh, so, but like he went there with his wife and kid, and they ended up dying of hunger or something. So he decides, and he knows that there's this old crone in in the forest with a book that leads that is like a how-to guide to contact satan Mm. so he takes it and essentially this guy probably like jeremiah goat or whatever his first name is uh (laughs) one of these old-timey names from 1666 jeremiah or abraham or something like that no solomon yes solomon solomon good uh he calls the devil and he's the one who's the actual sort of witch kind of uh, and he makes a pact where every so-and-so, you know, years, uh, Shadyside gets sacrificed 
and their blood is given to Satan so that sunny side can shine and prosper. And that's oh. why this, the sunny side, shady side thing comes from. And thing is like every generation of, of good, of good people, of the, the firstborn of, of the good guy mm-hmm. uh, who's not good, which is also part of the jokes, like, oh, good is evil. Oh. And, uh, you know, <laughs> so, so smart. And uh, <laughs> so clever. And uh, so like every generation has to, has to do that blood sacrifice thing and call and write a name on, you know, you know, those names that appear. Yeah. in part two or something on those rocks yeah. like so solomon good was the first one to put the name and he wrote the name of the pastor and he's yeah. the first one who goes crazy and gets possessed by the devil and kills a bunch of people yeah. and so like every new generation has to do the same so that sunny veil or sunny side uh can prosper and be amazing and shady side sucks forever because of that and uh... shady side are like the lambs taken to the slaughter of uh of Satan. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that, that, so that's the whole thing. And then like Sarah fear was the one who kind of discovered it mm-hmm. and tried to stop it. And then like when she, uh, dies because they think she's the witch, she tells the guy like, I, my curse on you is that I will follow you forever. My curse is the truth or whatever. And, uh, but then like Sheriff good, who is the descendant of Solomon good. He's uh, so he's the guy who wrote that name, the name of that kid who, uh, dressed up like scream and killed the, Uma Thurman's daughter, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he, and that's why he was there at the mall to shoot the guy because he knew it was going to happen. So, uh, oh, okay, I need to watch the third one. Okay, I really need to watch. That's why. Okay. Ah, he comes back around. Okay, comes okay. around, and he might have also been the one who wrote the name during part two when he was a teenager. Probably, I think that there's like a flashback of that at some point. Uh, that's why he doesn't get killed by the zombie axe dude. And uh, I think probably he knew that he had to do it. I feel he's probably like probably not the worst of the goods because he yeah. actually stops the guy after he kills one person instead of waiting for them to kill a bunch of people. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm just thinking about it now. Like he was actually there to, to hey, let's just get one person killed and not like a whole bunch of people because uh, yeah. he's a sheriff. Probably, I mean, he's not a good guy, but he's not as bad as probably he could be. Uh, (laughs) as solomon good because solomon good like when he writes the name of the pastor on the wall that leads to some really fucked up shit uh but (laughs) okay (laughs) so so okay all the names were actually written on the wall it wasn't like supernaturally like put there or something i don't know me i think i'm not sure if he said the name and then it was like supernaturally written not like or mortal if you actually scratched it in there yeah <laughs> not not, like yeah mortal, maybe like more <laughs> i named pastor whatever and then like pastor silver or mr shields or whatever and then like the yeah <laughs> I, I i probably didn't pay attention to that much yeah. uh but yeah i mean the the name gets there however it gets there i don't really care but uh <laughs> but is there <laughs> and then you know there's like this bulging brain looking thing ooze in part uh, two with flies yeah. around that's it i guess like how that's where the blood goes yeah to get collected for to go down to hell or something right. uh probably through some you know bluetooth blood you know whatever thing yeah uh, i always think that with devil's like sla- bluetooth it, i always think with like slasher flicks like the, the supernatural elements is the thing that makes it campy and keeps you from kind of like taking it too seriously. Like with, um, 
I guess like even like the original like child's play with like Chucky. It's like scary, right? This idea of like a killer doll and something. And yeah. then when it gets to the part where he's like trying to do voodoo to like possess a body, then it's like oh, it, it just like completely it just completely takes you out of it. Like it's a scary concept, but once you see him going, give the give me the power, I beg of you, it's like okay. And like his thick, like yeah. Bilber scary bilber-esque accents <laughs> <laughs> well the thing is like i mean i i think they 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 minimize the campiness in here because yeah. you don't really hear the you hear like two words and then the guy wears like a what's essentially a kkk hood but all in black uh you know like one of those pointy hats Right, that's know, like that, essentially that, puts that and that's how he had to dress to speak to the devil or something oh. uh Right. It's like the black version of, of those robes. Oh, wow. And uh, hey, hey, go there. <laughs> you know, all, you know, like his, you know, and then it's all with fire and shit. And this whole labyrinth shows up and that's where the blood comes in. Like, because like he sacrifices a goat at yeah. first. So you see a goat head next to that, you know, mosaic looking thing uh, that they find uh, in part two underground, you know, where there's blood and shit. So I guess that's where the blood of the innocents go. And, uh, you know, but then there's like that bulbous thing with flies all around it right. that I'm, I'm calling the devil's airdrop. Uh, <laughs> <The devil's> air. <laughs> and, uh, you know, with the flies around it, and I guess how, that's how he cults, that's how the devil's cult, cultivates the flies to infect people or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know. It's like, I don't know that there is a little bit of invasion of the, you know, body snatchers kind of vibe to it as well. <laughs> a little yeah. bit. Cause like once the fly flies in, they're like, you know, and then like, they're like no emotions. They, they just like, they're like puppets, right. you know, the devil's puppets. So yeah. Sarah fear has a, uh, I don't want to call it an affair, but it's like, she has a, a, uh, a relationship, a burgeoning lesbian relationship with, with another girl in, in the town uh, and they find her, you know, they, there's a scene where, all the youngsters go in the forest to drink and eat, I guess, hallucinogenic berries. Uh, and, uh, but then the two girls, uh, you know, wander off away from the group and, uh, you know, do their thing, but someone sees them. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then, you know, it's, I guess the old fashioned way of like, if you were a lesbian in 1666, they thought you were a witch and you were sleeping with the devil uh, by proxy or like, you know, <laughs> The devil was a proxy in your lesbian relationship or yeah. something like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, so what's interesting in part three is that uh, the actress who plays Dina, you, she lives Seraphir's life. So like she plays Seraphir, but you see the real Seraphir and flashes. You know, uh, it was a different actress played by a different actress. But like uh, in all the people in the village are played by at the same actors that you've seen in part one and part two. Uh, uh, you know, like Solomon Good is played by the guy who plays Sheriff Good. And, uh, you know, Sam is, uh, you know, Sarah Fear's lover. I mean, the the actress plays also her, her uh, I guess, like girlfriend. And uh, so like for a moment, I thought, is this some kind of reincarnation shit? you know, or something like where they, re they don't talk about that. So that was just like a thought that I had, yeah. but uh, I don't know. I guess she just experienced, she just experiences Sarah Fear's world with the characters in her life, I guess, Dina's life. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's why, I don't know, or maybe they're all descendants, but uh, uh, it's interesting how they kind of 
go through time and how they use time and, and uh, you know, kind of give you an idea of, uh, I like how they kind of use time in certain terms of like what people thought back then, yeah. like you're in the middle of, the, of a village in the middle of nowhere. And then you see two women, you know, going at it mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh no, the devil is here. <laughs> and, uh, and then like, you know, apples start to rot meat, like, a pig eats her piglets you know that she just gave birth to like the day before uh you know everything starts going wrong and then i'm like are they gonna blame it on, on her because she had a like a, a relation a female you know lesbian relationship probably it's like oh she sleeps with the devil and that's why the apples are rotten and and uh you know it, it's uh <laughs> it's kind of cartoonish in a way <laughs> yeah. but, but uh but then you get to the really serious stuff for the pastor which is which is which is uh, kind of shocking in a way kind of shocked me i was like oh shit that happened yeah. but then i'm not sure if you can really live up to the bread slicer scene uh, <laughs> but <laughs> the bread slicer scene was quite a was quite something but anyway uh, that is the end of the episode I hope mm-hmm. you guys enjoyed the trilogy. Uh, find us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, a uh, bunch of other places. And uh, we're on Instagram at what we binge. DM us, tell us what you want us to talk about. And uh, see you. Great. Peace. <laughs>